Hi everyone, um, welcome to the Eric Later Tate Times Pennies to Pounds podcast. We're super, super, super excited to have you here. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, if you don't know who Eric are, what we do, from my very obvious t-shirt, we basically help empower creatives. Um, and the best way to find out more about that is if you follow us, a little cheeky plug, follow us at Eric Festival. Um, so that's what we do. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to introduce Kia, who is the host and creator of Pennies to Pound. So please make some noise for Kia. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. Thank you. So welcome back to the Pennies to Pound podcast with your host, Kay. This is the podcast where I aim to dispel myths, simplify difficult financial jargon and rectify your own personal problems. So as you guys can tell, we are live at Take Britain and I am so excited to be here and talk to you guys. For those of you who are going to be listening back, I mean, take Britain, everyone here is creating their own vision boards. They're trying to plan 2020 vision, trying to figure out where they're going to go, what they're going to achieve this year. So I thought it would be fitting to talk about side hustles today. I thought it would be nice to talk about side hustles because everyone, this is a big thing at the moment, right? Everyone wants to, to earn money on the side. They want to work their nine to five and still earn money on the side. So I thought it would be nice to talk about that and figure out how we can save up towards your side hustle, whatever that may be. So to give a bit of context about myself, um, I've always been quite business minded. Back when I was in primary school, I, my mum taught me how to knit, so I used to knit scarves for my friends. I used to go in, tell them, and ask them, what colour do you want? One friend said, I want pink, I want purple, I want green. Go home, knit them, come back and sell them the next day. That's what I did. That's how I made money in primary school. Then we moved to secondary school, and I started selling cookies and donuts to all my friends. I realised that there was a market there for it. People were doing it. I wanted to join in and make money. Went in there, started selling 50p like everyone else. Realised, mm, I'm not really making money. and There's a lot of competition. Lowered it to 40p. So did everyone else. Loaded it to 30p, no one else could do that. So they all left and it was just me. So I raised it right back up to 50p, made my money for about four years. That's what I did. Went to sixth form, got my first job. I worked at McDonald's first, earning four pound an hour. Um, was working really, really hard, earned my money, saved my money. Then I got to uni and I kind of fell off. From honesty, I fell off. I wanted to make money again, but I just, I felt like I lost the spark. I completely lost it. I remember first year I was really like, oh, I remember calling my dad and saying, dad, like, I'm, I'm broke. I don't know how to make money. And my dad was like, but you used to make money like, from like, when you were like nine. How can you not figure out a way to make money now? And I was like, you know what, you're right. So I sat down one day and he said to me, list out everything that you're good at. Write a list. So that's what I did. I wrote out a list, quite a short one, from one of you. But I wrote out a list. And then from there, he said, figure out what you can monetize. So I went down the list and figured out, okay, what can I, how can I make money from this thing and that thing? And then my side hustles were born. So right now, I do hair coloring on the side. I've always done it for myself and a lot of people ask me who colored your hair who dyed your hair so I do that and I do illustration and that's something that I learned uh, about a year and a half ago now one of my friends studied she studied architecture and she knew how to use Adobe Illustrator I had no clue I wanted the logo made for my hair coloring service so I asked her and I said to her can you can you make me a logo she said no I'll teach you I didn't want to hear that I wanted her to just do it for me I didn't, I didn't want to learn but she said, no, trust me, you'll appreciate it. So she taught me how to use Adobe Illustrator. It took us about 10 hours over FaceTime, but we did it. And I finally learned. And then from there, I left it, didn't touch it again. And so I needed another logo about four months later. Asked her again. She said, look, I taught you, go and do your own. So I did it. Took me about eight hours to do my first logo. But then I was like, wow, I can do this. So then from there, I started doing them for fun, some illustrations. And then once I posted my, I think my third illustration, someone asked me to make logos. And then from there, I fell into that kind of, that field, and I just started illustrating. So I want to help you guys find your own side hustles, right? Because they're out there. 
And a lot of people say to me, but whatever I want to do, someone else is already doing. Yeah? Because there's, there's plenty of people who illustrate, plenty of people who do hair colouring, people who sell lashes, whatever it is, sell clothes. So why should I do it too? And the, the story I always like to bring up is talking about Apple. Yeah? Everyone knows Apple, right? Yeah? Uh, can't hear? Yeah, there we go. Everyone knows Apple, right? Apple came into the game quite late. Yeah, so there was already like Microsoft, Nokia, Blackberry, Motorola. Everyone was really doing their thing. But those people got complacent. They were at the top of their game and they said, this is what I do. You know, Nokia were at the top of their game and they, they weren't phased. Apple came in and said, yeah, we're going we're gonna to change the game. They said, all right, go and try it. We've been doing this for about 15 years already. Go and try it. But it didn't stop Apple. Just because people were already making phones and making laptops, it didn't stop them from doing what they wanted to do. So they came in and brought up the first iPhone. And, and Nokia, Nokia and everyone were kind of like, mm, that's not going to do well. They carried on what they were doing with their brick phones and their, their keyboards, flip out the keyboards. They carried on what they were doing. Because they said, we've got a winning brand, a model, that's what we're going to keep doing. So then Apple brought out the iPhone 3G after that. And then they started getting a bit worried. That's when we started to hear the term smartphones. They're like, oh, okay, people actually like this thing, okay. So then we started to see, you know, Nokia and Motorola creating these touchscreen phones and now, okay, right, this is what we're doing. Then the 3GS came out, and then obviously Apple dominated the game. Like, how do you have a Nokia phone in here? My point exactly, yeah? Nokia out of the game. Motorola? No. Blackberry? Exactly. How do we got an iPhone? Pretty much the whole room, right? Because that didn't stop Apple from going in and doing what they wanted to do. So I always encourage people, if you have something that you want to do that people already do, just go ahead and do it. But the way to differentiate, differentiate, differentiate sorry, yourself from everyone else is with your branding. And that's super, super important. People think, you know, I'll just, I'll just have a little logo and I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing. I'll, like, for example, if I say I want to sell lashes, yeah, I'm going to sell lashes tomorrow. There's 100 people who already sell lashes, but I'm going to join them, yeah? What makes me different from everyone else? You need that USP, you need that, that difference. And that difference could be in your branding. It could be the way you package yourselves. Because I don't know if anyone, any of you saw, if you have Twitter, there was this girl, she, um, she started sending lashes. Like normal, loads of people sell lashes, but they started putting them into, yeah, you know, I'm on about the little pill containers, yeah? And that picture went viral on Twitter. And overnight, she put them in pill containers. You know, like, you know when you get pills, yeah? She put them in that, she named them different names. Um, and it looked amazing. And overnight, she gained something like 14,000 followers. And her, her sales went through the roof, all because of her branding. The product remained the same, but her branding is what set her apart. So you always need to make sure that you invest in your branding. A lot of people just think I'm just going to create a little logo or I won't pay someone to do this. I always think that the best thing you need to do is to invest in your branding. So if you take my podcast, for example, I knew what I wanted to do when I started my podcast. It was a quick turnaround from deciding I want to do a podcast to launching it. It was five days between I saying I want to have a podcast and then launch my first episode. But I realized that my branding is going to be super important because I want it to be whenever you see that image without the words on it, I want you to know exactly what that image means. So I found someone who created a unique logo for me, and I said, you know what, it's worth the money. Whatever you want to charge me, you could have told me 300 pounds, I would have paid it. He didn't, he could have, I still would have paid it. But that's how important it was to me, because I wanted people to see the logo and know exactly who I am. So that's always number one. Number two, what I always say, is to make sure that you focus on constantly improving your skills. So when I started to learn illustration, for example, I learned it, I knew the basics, and I was like, I'm good, I'm all right. That's fine. I know how to do it. I didn't know how to draw, whatever. I can do that. But then I realized there's different techniques that I need to learn. And there were some parts of Illustrator that I didn't know. 
So, so I, I, I would spend hours, hours on YouTube because YouTube, YouTube is the best tool. YouTube, YouTube is a free teacher, teacher essentially. If you don't use YouTube, YouTube to learn your skills, skills, you're playing yourself, if I'm honest with you. YouTube, I used to sit there for hours and figure out, right, so I've seen this person illustrate this way, I'm gonna figure out what that's called, and I'm gonna sit down and find all the videos covering that, and I'm gonna learn it. So I do that for one, let's say, technique, and then I practice and practice and practice, and once I've mastered it, I'll be like, good, I've got that now, next one. Because the, more, the better I could be, the more I could charge for my services. So I was very humble in the beginning, I knew that I was just starting out and people better than me, so that reflected in my price, because also I wanted to have the opportunity to learn and, and you know, get, get clients. clients. So, so the more the more creations I make, the better I get. But then the more I learn, the more I could increase my prices and offer more services and say I can do this and I can do that now because I was constantly learning and evolving my skills. If you're saying to, if, if you're sitting here thinking, you know what, that all sounds good to you, sounds great, but I, I have no skills. People come to me and say I have no skills. Yeah, there's two things that I say to people who say they have no skills. Number one is you have a skill. You need to figure out. What, what you can, can do better, better than most, most. yeah? Not, Not what you can, can do, do the best, because you will never, never be the best, best. but it's always gonna be something that you can do better than most. And that can be going through people's essays because you're good at grammar. That could be doing voiceovers for people. That can be creating logos. That can be doing a whole ton of things. There's more things out there that people don't even realize. People come to me and say, oh yeah, nothing I can do. I say to, I say to people, can you write? Yeah. So then you can go to freelancers and drop contracts for them. There's, There's so, so many different things you can do, it's just about getting creative. I have someone right now, um, I'm terrible at admin, yeah? I'm amazing at everything else that I do. I can do, I can create content, you know, I can speak in front of crowds, emails, it's not happening. I can't reply to anyone, yeah? I often get people double emailing me because I'm not bad at replying to emails. But then there's a girl out there, um, who I've got now, managing my emails, because that's, that's, what, that's her thing. And she's able to sell her services that way because there are people who aren't good at that or don't like doing that. So you need to figure out what you can do to kind of fit that gap, because there's always going to be a gap that you can fit. I also used to do uh, YouTube back in 2018, um, and I started off doing just regular videos, and I went in to do finance videos, stopped doing that. Um, I will come back to it, but I stopped doing that. But during that process, I started off using iMovie, which is the basic, comes with your Mac, I learned that. Once I did that, I said, okay, I can do, I can do iMovie. Let's move up. I said, yeah, 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 I can do this. Final cut. Final Cut was a minefield, absolute boggling minefield. But once I got it, a lot of people used to see my videos and be like, wow, can, can you edit my video? And I didn't even think that I was that good. But like, like I said, I was better than most, which is why I was able to offer those kind of services and say, okay, depending on what you want, I can do that for you. Then I moved to Adobe Premiere Pro, and that's where I gave up. Premiere Pro is terrible. I can't, I can't even get my head around that. But like I said, the more skills that you gain, the more you can charge and the more you can offer. But again, okay, back to my original question. If you say that, you know, I have no skills here. It's nice hearing you talk and hearing you say all this, but I have no skills. There are so many different websites where you can learn skills. Like I said, YouTube's the free one. There's this site called Udemy, and that's U-D-E-M-Y. I always talk about that, that's amazing. I bought, um, I bought an Adobe Photoshop course on there because I could do Illustrator, but Photoshop for the life of me never made sense. So I went to Udemy, bought a course for 9.99, and that was, or jam-packed with everything I needed from beginning to end, from I've never even opened up the app yet, to I can do everything on Photoshop. Did 9.99, now I'm a pro at it. So whatever you want to learn, Udemy most probably got it on there for you, pretty much. And I know a lot of people, um, especially like, if you've heard of UX UI designers, people you know who design apps and how apps run, a lot of people that I know have used Udemy and use those courses and now charge ridiculous amounts for their services. 
For those of you who don't know, like I said, UX UI, that's app design. Someone I know charges, pretty, pretty sure she charges a thousand pounds per design that she does. Bearing in mind, last year is when she learned it. Beginning of last year was when she learned it. And now she's gotten to the point where she's been working with big brands like Nike, all kinds of big brands, and she's able to charge the services that she charges because she sat down and learned the skill and mastered the skill to charge that. So I want you guys to sit down and think, what can I do? And you can absolutely do your side hustle along, alongside your nine to five. For me, I'm still at uni and I work part-time. And I still do my illustration on the side, I still do some hair on the side because there's always time. But you only make time if it's something that you believe in and you're passionate about. Because a lot of people do stuff and say, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Like I can say to you, I study French at the moment. I can say to you, yeah, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna translate documents. I'd be lying to myself, because I promise you, any document I get, I will take forever to do, because that, that isn't fun to me. I have no passion for it. I'd be doing it for the money. And yes, doing it for the money gets you to a certain point, but you would need to have a passion behind what you wanna do. So I can sit there and get documents, translate French, and I can be like, oh, I've got another one, man. Why did I say I was gonna do this? I remember I even said, I even thought up that I was gonna do French tutoring. And then I got someone who, who inquired about my tutoring, and I didn't reply, I said, oh my gosh, I didn't think someone was gonna message me. I don't wanna do that. Because then I realized how much I lacked the passion for that side hustle. So I had to give it up. I mean, I, was, I can do it, I can translate in French, I just don't want to do it. It's not something, when I have my spare time, I don't wanna sit down and do French. So you need to figure out what you actually like and what you think would make sense for your hustle. But now, I wanna talk about saving for your hustle. So it's gonna be savings in general as well, but saving for your hustle, because a lot of people come to me and say, you know what, whatever I wanna do requires some sort of capital. I don't have it at the moment. So I wanna do it in six months time, but I wanna save up for it now, so how do I save? First things first is to get a savings account. And I know it sounds really ridiculous, but I know so many people who save in their current account. And I think that's insane. They tell me, yeah, I know, like I've got money in there, and I know what, what, how much I can spend and how much I can't, and what I can't is my savings. And I think that's ludicrous. How, how can you separate your money with all in one account? Right? Look, you're, you're looking crazy, yeah? Mad, right? You need to have a savings account, first and foremost. Me, I have about four. People think I'm over the top, I don't think so. I like to separate my money out, because if I have all my money in one place, it's one savings account, I will see that and be like, wow, I'm rich. I could just dip in and take a little bit and I'll still be rich. If I split it into four, they will have different goals and different reasons. So I have one account where I'm saving for my house, I have another one where, I'm, where I have my car fund because my car can break down at any moment, so I've got money there in case of that. I have one for when I want to go on holiday, and I have one as an emergency fund. But they're all different providers, like you say one with Santander, one nationwide, they're all different people. But I have my savings accounts there because I like to separate them out. So if I go into one app, I might see I only have a little bit of money in there. But realistically, my money is spread around. I even have a coin jar. I even put my loose coins into a jar. And I keep that there, and then when it's full up, which it was yesterday, I'm so happy, I'm gonna take it to the bank and see how much I've saved in pennies and pounds. I'm excited to see how much I've saved, right? But that's number one. Number two is to start saving from any income that you get. And people always say to me, what's the percentage? How much should I save? I'm not a fan of percentages. Because if I now say to you, I know, sorry, your pen went down, I'm sorry. <laughs> but if I say to you, you should save 30% of your income, and like me, I work on hourly wage, not salary, so, so there's months where I earn way more, more and months where I don't earn enough because I may I have sick days or whatever it is, I don't earn as much as I, want, as I should do, right? So I can't necessarily save that 30% that I put in place for myself. I may have to amend it. So I like to save up money. So I always do that by prioritizing my bills first, that comes out my, my wages first. Then 
any kind of savings. So I'll, I'll figure out, okay, cool, I'll pay for my bills, maybe this month I'll put away £100 of savings, and then I'll do the rest. And the way I like to do it is when I get to the end of the month, if there's money left over the day before in my account before I get paid, imagine I have £50 left over, take that out into savings and start again with the fresh wages. Because you don't actually need it. If you needed it, you would have spent it. So if it's left over the day before you get paid, put in savings. If you get to the day before and there's no money in there because you spent it all, that's fine. You, you start again. But the chances are you may have even, even just £15, £10, £5, move it out. Because if you're going to save it, if you're going to spend it, sorry, you would have spent it. Number three, I'm always, I love apps to save. Because I am the laziest saver you have ever met. I know it may seem like I'm finance guru, she must have everything, spreadsheets. No, I'm lazy. I am so lazy. So I need apps which will do it for me on my behalf. So there are two main, three main apps which will move money for you um, without you even realizing it. So number one, if you follow me, you know I also got Plum. I also got Plum. I discovered them May last year. Um, I remember it came up from like an ad on Instagram. I said, oh, okay, I'll have a look, had a look. I've never gone back since. So Plum are amazing. The way you do it is you link your current account to them. So they'll have a look. So for those of you who are trying to hide from your, your, your bank balance, there's no hiding from there. But you link your current account there. And what Plum will do is it will assess your spending and your income for about a week or so before it makes the first deposit for you. So it will figure out, okay, how much money is in your account? How much do you usually spend? Okay, cool, how much can you afford? And it'll start moving money for you. So if I have less money one month, it might move a couple of pounds here and there into a separate pot. If I have more money, usually when I get paid, I see like a huge chunk. Like, you'll say, hey, Kyo, we're, we're putting 40 pounds in savings. I'm thinking, I just got paid, mate. Yeah? But that's what it does. It will assess your income and how much you're spending and how much you're earning. The great thing of Plum is as well, is that it puts it into a separate account, so a separate little pot. You put it in there, and if you want to withdraw it, the withdrawals come out pretty much instantly. So I use that as my emergency fund. So if, let's say, like my car, imagine I need to pay something for my car now. I don't have to wait a day or two days for it to come out to my account. I press withdraw. Next thing I know, I get a notification on my banking app. It's back in my account. That's what I love about it. The other thing I love about Plum is that that was the first way I started investing my money into shares. Because I knew about shares. My dad's invested for years, but I never knew how to start. I asked him and it all just seemed like a whole heap of mess. It didn't make any sense to me when I asked him to explain it to me. And I think because, you know, when, when older people have been doing it for ages, yeah, they just kind of get lost in it. So when I saw that with Plum, I said, I'm going to give it a go. So I put some money and I put £10 in. Um, and the way it works is you invest in portfolios as opposed to individual shares. So Plum puts together a portfolio of companies. So if I pick the basic portfolio, it explains what companies are in there. I invest in basic and tech. So tech one is obviously tech. Companies, so like Google, Microsoft, um, Amazon, Apple, invest in those tech companies. And you'll get fractional shares. So fractional shares means that you don't, depending on how much money you put in there, you may not own a full share from Apple. So let's say an Apple share right now is $300, but you only have 50 pounds in there. So you're probably gonna own part of a share, but you've still got some money towards it. So it also tells you the risk level as well. So basic is like, out of 10, it might be like four out of 10. So how, how risky is your investment for you to lose money. Um, when I first started investing, I did basic and I got a very minimal return. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna go higher. So I went to the highest risk portfolio they had, which is the tech one. And it was 9.7 out of 10. And I said, I'm gonna do it. That's what I'm doing. I threw 50 pounds in there and I said, yeah, I wanna see my return. I left it for about a month, came back to it. I had lost 20 pounds. I said, oh, oh, okay. But it was a good way for me to start learning about investment. And you can also go in 
um, go to the app and I click through my tech portfolio and it shows me what companies within that portfolio I have invested in and what percentage. So from there, I realized, okay, cool, all right, that's fine, it was a little blip. But then I learned a bit more about investing. I learned that you need to monitor your investments. And when I say that, is I invested in the tech portfolio without looking at the news to see how these companies were doing. Because if something happens with Apple, their share price is gonna fall down. Microsoft is gonna fall down. Amazon, if they have a scandal, it's gonna fall down. I wasn't doing that. So around that time when I checked, there was a whole scandal going on, I think, with one of the companies, I can't remember now, and that would explain why I was losing my money, because the share price had plummeted. So I was like, hmm, that makes sense. Now, however, it's doing amazing. It's something like 207% return. It's skyrocketed, it's amazing. But it taught me a lot about knowing when to monitor and how to properly invest. Because people who invest don't just put money in and walk away. They sit down and monitor their investments so they can see, oh, you know what, something's going a bit rocky. I've invested 200 pounds into this company, but there's a little scandal going on. Am I gonna keep the money in there? Or am I gonna withdraw it? Because I don't wanna lose my money. So it's all about figuring out that and making sure that you're very conscious if you're actually going to invest your money because no one really wants to lose money when they invest. Everyone wants to get some sort of return, but you've got to be hot on it when you make those investment choices. Another app with regards to saving is Tandem. So it does a similar thing as Plum. Tandem, they're both free by the way, but the way Tandem works is you link your current account to it again. It will again assess how much you're spending and it will make withdrawals for you. But the great thing about Tandem is it will tell you if there's any kind of alerts on your account. So it will tell you, mm, you pay X amount for your phone bill. You know you can get it cheaper, right? Or you pay X amount for your, your electricity bill. But this place offers it cheaper, so you should consider this. So it gives you all kinds of alerts. And if there's anything like if you have a credit card, you make credit card payments, but you missed it this month, that will tell you you missed a payment. Be careful because it will harm your credit score. They're really good at giving you alerts. Um, so I always encourage a lot of young people to download that. If you, if you want to monitor your money and be good at what you do, with regards to finances, Tandem is a really, really great app to do so. They also do, um, Plum also do roundups. So similar to like Monzo, who's got Monzo account in here? Few people, so some of you may be familiar with the roundup feature. So when you spend your money, if you've got roundups turned on, if I would spend two fifty nine on a coffee, 41 pence goes into savings for me. Plum also have that feature that you can switch on as well, and you can do pounds up. So like roundups, but it'll round up to the nearest pound. So if, if I spent £2.59 um, on a coffee, it will run up to £1.41 into my savings. So it's an extra way, give yourself an extra boost of saving. If you have a Starling account, which I do, they do run ups as well, but you can pick the multiplier that you want to save by. So right now I have it times two. So if I have, if I again, £2.59 on a coffee, it will save not 41p, but 82p, because it's going to times it by two. You can do times five or times 10 depending on how quickly you want to save, whatever your goal is. And you can have goals in there, you can change the picture. Same as Monzo, they're, they're pots. They're called um, Starling Spaces. You can do that to help you save towards whatever you want to do. There's also an app called Moneybox. If, I don't know if you guys have heard of it. Moneybox, they also do roundups. Um, and if you didn't have an ISA account, if you're a first-time house buyer and you wanted to get one, they also offer the lifetime ISA as well. But you're able to, whenever you spend, it won't withdraw it from your account, but it'll still, throughout that week, you'll watch how much you're spending see how, what pence you can save, like the roundups, and then at the end of the week, it will save that and put it into your savings spot for you. So if you've got a lifetime ISA, it'll put it into that. If you've got stocks and shares ISA, whatever it is, it'll put that into there. It's a regular savings account, that's what it'll do. So I really encourage some of you to download some of those apps, especially if you're looking to save for a side hustle. So you might decide, you know what, I'm gonna download Plum, and any money that Plum takes, if it's a couple of pounds here and there, any money that it takes, I'm gonna let it build up, and that's gonna go towards me starting up my, my catering company, whatever it may be. It's a good way for you to have money with 
withdraw and not see it go. Another thing that I do as well, when I was when I had my first job, I set up a signing order from my current account, my savings account. I used to work, um, as I mentioned earlier, at McDonald's. So I used to get like £4 an hour, no money at all. But my dad always told me I need to save, right? But I said, how can I save when I'm earning no money? I don't quite understand. So what I do is I set up £5 to leave my account every Friday. And it's been going on for about five years now. So my savings just goes there. It goes into an account that I can't see. I have a Santander savings account that I don't have access to, online banking. So if I want to see how much is in there, I need to go in branch to make any withdrawals or anything. And I have it go into there and that money just piles up and I can use it for whatever I want. I, use, I usually use that when I first want to start um, my business, my hair coloring business, I wanted to buy hair because you need to color the hair. And hair is really expensive. So I used to say, right, any money that's going into there, that's going to be towards my hair business. And after about a year or two, I had about 800 pounds saved up. So I took that money out and started my business. That's what I did. So they're all really, really, really important ways that I'd say if you're looking to start a side hustle and it requires capital, because some don't. Illustration didn't for me. What I used to pay for was Adobe Illustrator, which is 16 pounds a month. So I could do that. But some things require capital. You need a camera if you want to start being a photographer. You need um, cooking equipment if you want to start catering, whatever it is, some of them require capital for you to start your side hustle. So if you do need capital for your startup, then I definitely encourage you to try and look into those kind of savings methods. But I want to kind of open up to the floor to see if you guys have any questions with regards to what I said, anything you want me to elaborate on um, at any point, anything. Anyone got any questions? I like it when that happens. No one's got any questions. That means I did well. I hope so, anyway. No questions? Go for it. If you start making your own money, do you have to pay more taxes? Because you make quite a lot at some point. That's a good question. Um, so right at the beginning, if you start something, start your side hustle, chances are you won't be making that much money to have to declare tax. But for those of you who don't know, the personal allowance threshold has gone up to, I think it's 12,500 at the moment, something like that. Um, so that means that any money you earn up until that point is tax-free. Any money over that threshold, so if you earn 12,600, that £100 over it will be charged at 20% tax. So if, if you, you kind of figure out, you know what, I don't make a lot of money for my side hustle, so I make £100 a month, let's just say, so at the end of the year I don't make enough to put me over that threshold, then no. But if you start making big money, that's when you kind of need to figure out and start thinking, okay, I need to start declaring this money because you will have to start paying tax on it. And I wouldn't want you to get to a situation where the government finds out that you're making money on the side and then they'll throw you penalty fees and late tax fees and pay us tax as well because you'll get yourself in a whole heap of trouble. But right now, if, if you're starting off small, I would say don't worry about it right now. But I mean, when it's on like a big scale, imagine you're making 2,000, 3,000 a month, then you know, right, that's the, that's the point where I need to start declaring how much I'm making. And then obviously at the end of the year, you file your tax return and pay the tax in the year, tax year. And is that on top of your regular job? Yeah, so, so if, if your, your side hustle earnings puts you over, um, then you wouldn't start declaring. But obviously, like I said, if, if you're working at a regular job and you're really paying tax, but you're only making £100 a month, let's say, from your side hustle, then I wouldn't necessarily say you need to go and tell the tax man, I'm making £100 a month. You can hold off until you're making, i say, probably about £800 to £1,000 a month, let's say, and then you might need to start declaring it from there. Thank you. You're welcome. Any other questions? No? I feel like we're good. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, well, we'll have a bit... Yeah, we'll have a bit of a break, um, so like a five, ten minute break, to prepare any of your other questions, or maybe if you're too shy, pluck up the courage, Kia doesn't bite, um, but we'll be back, we'll be back in about five to ten minutes, but please make some noise, she's been so helpful so far. Thank you.